0: You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Catherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. This
1: is Catherine having a like meltdown.
0: Today's podcast recording is a little bit like my travel, my last travel.
1: I was going to say, today's podcast recording is brought to you by
0: Catherine Taylor's lack of sleep (laughs) and long journey home. (laughs) It's Tuesday after the Gravel Festival, and I was like, oh, I didn't mean to schedule a recording today, but I was like, it'll be fine. I'll get home Monday night, and I'll sleep on Tuesday. I'll have a little downtime, and by 2.30, I'll be great for a podcast recording. I got home from the airport an hour ago because my flight got delayed and, delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed in Dallas. And finally I had to stay there overnight and didn't leave until, well, supposed to leave at 9am and we left at 945 because they had more issues. And seriously folks, that was like six delays. She threw at you. So it was very delayed. <laughs> it was very del- well. Yeah. So I had a five hour layover already. Then I sat on the runway for three hours. Ah,
1: uh, That's so, right, a full so we- work
0: day for an hour while they figured out what they were gonna do. Yeah,
1: that's that's craziness. So yeah. Well were- I'm glad you're home. And um kudos, congratulations on a ridiculously amazing weekend. So that was really, really great.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being there. I mean I can't I literally can't get over how amazing it was and how mm-hmm. and like Amy put together an amazing program but yeah. it was community that showed up also always
1: I mean the program has to be there but then but then what's I think what we're really seeing is what this community um means to each other and at how good this community is at showing up and inviting more people in so if you know if you didn't make it it's totally fine you know but it's it's worth hopefully you followed along on and you listened to the podcast that was released today you know from the festival but really um see if any of those people came that you know that are in your community like it's just a it's just a cool way to connect and continue growing this this little i would like to say niche but it's not even that anymore like we're we're making it mainstream man
0: I know. Well, it was cool because I think 75 to 80% of people came solo Mm -hmm. and they all met friends and were like making plans to like meet up. Like we ran into two girls, uh, me and some of my layout crew were doing a little art ride on Sunday and we ran into some women that were at the festival. One had done her first 100 mile gravel ride with the FEMS ride. And she told us like, She'd always just thought that her boyfriend has done some hundred mile gravel centuries, but she's like, oh, well, that's a guy thing. And she just wanted an environment where she felt safe to do it. So she did that. And then she had met the woman she was riding with. Like they met in the Facebook group, ended up rooming together. And now we're like planning all these trips together. Um, so it was just really cool. And they both said that one of the reasons they came is they wanted to get to know other women that yeah. rode gravel and it did not disappoint. And they said every... Clinic they went to, like they learned a ton. So
1: what I loved was that we were going down the the Beltway Path. There was a group. There were two women that were walking, and one of them hollered, um, like hollered up. And I was I was sweeping that group, and they were like, "What? What are you all doing?" And I was like, "It's a girls gravel festival," and they both were like, "Look, what is this? This is cool." Like seeing just seeing all of these women riding together, and like obviously, Bentonville. Um, just like around Emporia, this time of year, there's people, so many people out riding bikes and like seeing these big groups of <laughs> women that are out there. Like it, it raises eyebrows and people want to know what we're doing. And, and, and that just also helps grow that community too. So it's, it was really cool. Very special. So
0: I, I know it's a
1: busy time of year, but I really it's, appreciate it. You knew you, you saw me having my anxiety bit on a Saturday morning, but
0: um, like, I was like, no, I,
1: I, I, I gotta go. <laughs> I need five minutes. It, it just
0: some to to work on emails.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just went and sat down and, and got myself level set, but it, I mean, it it's one of those things like I knew it's a hard weekend for me to leave. And obviously I always say yes, when you ask, because you're asking me and like, November, December, January. And I'm like, oh, sure, no problem. That's great. Not a problem at all. And like, Abby Robbins texted me and they were like, when are you getting here? And I said, Thursday, probably about three or so. And, you know, they were, they were like, get here now, get here now. And I literally thought, I have no business going, but I want to go so bad. And I never, <laughs> you know, I didn't. I was like, I, sh- I really have too many things and cooks, you know, irons in the fire, whatnot. But it's always worth it. And, and, and the food was fantastic.
0: (laughs) He like really upped the food. It was was such a great weekend. So anyway, but we also have a very fun guest today. Um, So there's going to be some technical difficulties. Ellen was having a little bit of her internet was coming out on a couple of the answers. I just like, all of a sudden my internet completely went out. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then maybe I was a little off because I had to call in on my phone at the end. So, um, bear with us, but it's really fun to hear from Ellen. She's a young writer, her second year in the Grand Prix, and she has some really great perspective on, um, just what's happening from her, her eyes and and how we can continue to grow the the women's sport. So, and you all talked about some great things while I was trying to get back on. I can't wait to hear All right. Well, we're gonna get on to our interview oh. with Ellen.
1: Oh, you have something to announce? No, no. Sorry, I was just getting ready to stop the recording. Oh, did
0: Christie's turn to stop the recording and she doesn't know how to do it? After she makes fun of me, I do. Up.
1: No, it's up. I thought you were you started talking again.
0: I just said we're gonna get onto our interview with Ellen Campbell. It's the same thing I do every time. Every we time. From... Every time.
1: <laughs> it's been a while. So give give Carrie a clean cut. Oh no, who's Lindsay
0: now? <laughs> Sorry, Lindsay. I'm sorry. Now we're going to launch our interview with Ellen Campbell. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source: your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. InsideTracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about InsideTracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any InsideTracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and when it gets better, for a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com/feisty. That's insidetracker.com/feisty. This
1: okay. Is this a, is a first. Yeah. This is hot. This is Catherine's, Catherine's
0: falling apart here, folks. So. I, I couldn't <laughs> find the record button, which is not unusual for the podcast, but I had to make Christy the co-host because I couldn't figure <laughs> I have the
1: major responsibility of recording this week's podcast. So um, if anything comes out funky, we all know who to blame. <laughs> it's all Christy's fault.
0: <laughs> it's all Christy's fault. So. Poor Ellen, she's like, what the hell did I sign up for? <laughs> she's <laughs> got us coming off the grapple festival. <laughs> yes, we have, we have, I love
1: just, it. just so everybody knows, we have Ellen Campbell joining us today. So, welcome to the show, Ellen. Hmm,
2: thank you. Thanks for having me. It sounds like a fun crew. I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Ellen, we always start just, we want to hear your story of how you got into bikes, how you got on the bike. Mm, that's a
2: great. That's a great question. Um, Well, I'm from Durango, Colorado, born and raised, and there's a lot of cyclists here, (laughs) a lot of cyclists. Um, Yeah, you've probably heard of a few. Um, Yeah, so I kind of started riding when I was really little. Actually, um, my mom bribed me to ride a bike with a doll, like a I don't know American girl doll or something. That's so amazing. Um, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really, I was pretty scared of it, I think. But um yeah, and then I kind of just tootled around as a little kid and and eventually joined the Durango Devo program in middle school. Um, and from there I yeah, I went to practice a couple days a week and and made some friends. Um, and it was mostly mountain biking. Um and you know, I, I didn't really like it that much, honestly. I liked the friends, I liked the snacks, I liked being outside, but I didn't really like the hard work of riding up hills. Um, I remember being like very distraught about how far behind I was, um, the rest of the kids. Um, But at some point later in high school, yeah, I think like freshman year of high school, I did um, NICA. Uh, my first NICA race um, in Fruta, and then I I did really well, and I, like, surprised myself, and I was, I, like, didn't even bring a jersey to race in to that race. I remember my coach being, like, oh, you don't have a jersey that says Durango on it. Like, you have to have, like, that's the rules of NICA. Like, you have to have a jersey, and she gave me the jersey off her back. She just was, like, you have to wear this, and I, I did the race, and I, I surprised myself, and um, I think I got second or third or something. And uh, and from there, I kind of was more motivated to ride more often and race, and uh, I got a little bit more competitive, and and just kind of took off from there. So that's kind of how I got into biking and into racing. And yeah, I love that you were driven by snacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, like snack time. <laughs> like there's like a part of devo practice which i'm sure is like in every sort of young kids sport program but it's like when's snack time when do we get to stop and have snacks uh and that like even now i i coach the devo program and so going to practice now i usually coach the high schoolers but when i coach the little kids they're like when's snack time coach allen when's snack time
0: that's amazing so what what was
2: your favorite snack then
1: and then how have snacks evolved to what is the new Devo development snack favorite oh
2: that's a really good question I don't I know that right or when I was like in Devo and what I really liked was like the fruit roll-up thing or like fruit leathers I think they were called what a bad word to pair with I know like no one wants to eat leather like that's not right uh so I was really into fruit leathers um but I think yeah like some sort of like the fruit like uh, moths or uh gushers there's you know all the allergies and stuff like parents are sending very specific snacks for their kids these days I think it was a little bit looser when I was in Devo (laughs) but yeah, it's a great question. Fruit leathers. I haven't thought of those in a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what's your go-to snack now? Ooh, twin snakes
2: um, they're, they're, they're made. Snakes. They're like um they're I think they're cardboard Harbo, Harbo. You said cardboard <laughs> oh, cardboard hardboiled. I was like, hardbo <laughs> Harbo. Harbo. Uh, like the um,
0: yeah the German gummy, gummy bear company. Company. yes yeah, it's,
2: it's the same thing yes I think so um yeah so twin snakes one sour snake and one sweet snake and they're like attached together but they're mm. kind of a hard snack to eat you know a lot while riding so, hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it <laughs> yeah and did you start I just put my microphone off the desk (laughs) to start racing, um, like professionally right out of high school or how did you get into doing more of the, like that elite level mountain bike and gravel racing?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I went to school in Durango. I went to college in Durango, uh, at Fort Lewis college and they have a really great, um, collegiate cycling program. They have mountain bike, and cyclocross, and road, BMX, track, um, like every, every discipline you could ever want, really. Um, and so I did a lot of racing through them, and I've met a lot of, like, that's where I got my first coach, um, like, private coach, and that's where I met a lot of, like, um, other cyclists that were sponsored and kind of learned that realm of, like, oh, if I want to race outside of, you know, these development programs or out of um, college I need to kind of pursue that and have some support for it so I uh yeah I just kind of learned about it through that and got on you know some smaller development programs um Summit Bike Club and Bear Development Team or I guess yeah I don't I think it's called Bear Development Team now and uh And then eventually worked with my teammate, Sarah Stern, and took it kind of to another level. And really, I mean, I've been racing for a while at that level, but not quite as serious, like not as my full-time gig. Um, But last year was really my full, my first year as a full-time professional racer. So, yeah, it's cool.
1: (laughs) I've really enjoyed watching... The relationship between you and Sarah can you kind of talk a little bit about that because I think it's a it's very special
2: yeah um so Sarah yeah Sarah and I have uh, a good friendship going but Sarah has been in the Durango cycling community for a while she's um she went to school at Fort Lewis also and went to the collegiate program and so she's kind of um If, if anyone follows her they they know that pretty easily but so all the while I'm in school and I'm in Devo everyone knows about Sarah in Durango like she's bubbly she's fun and so everyone talks about Sarah and um she's just like a person you want to be around so when I was starting to get more serious into you know serious racing and riding um she was a really important role model for me so I definitely connected with her quite a bit, um, you know, <laughs> fangirl a little bit and <laughs> try to, you know, see what I can do to like be like Sarah um, as a little kid and or a young adult, I should say. Um, and then I guess in the last four or five years, we've gone gotten a little bit closer um, doing rides together. And as I pursue, you know, longer, more serious mountain bike races, She has been a really, you know, helpful person to that just, you know, she gives me all the tips and tricks. She gives me a lot of guidance. Um, and even beyond the bike, Sarah's been one of those people that just like you can go to and be like, Hey, I'm having these relationship issues, or like, you know, our dads actually are very similar people. And so sometimes we talk about our dads. Um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I just I think over the last, you know four or five years, he's gone closer, but it really started with just, yeah, that bubbly, fun personality, and also seeing someone who's, like, very driven in this community, um, that's female, and, and is kind of doing it in a non-traditional way, like a lot of the cyclists in Durango are Olympic athletes chasing the World Cup um, circuit, and Sarah was not doing that, and that was kind of cool and unique, and she was kicking butt while doing it, so... She's a good role model. <laughs> well, and I mean,
1: you uh, you, you both are teammates and have done the Grand Prix. Did she drag you into that? Or were you like, this is
2: something I want to try? Or was it a little bit of both? Um, yeah, she, well, when we decided to start working together, she kind of reached out to me and kind of, I guess, was like, let's make this happen. Like, I think we can be teammates and um, get some support for you. And so we worked on that. And, and all the while the Lifetime Grand Prix was coming out as a series. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we kind of, we both applied, it was like an application process. So we both applied and I actually did not get selected the first, um, whatever, the first time they came out with the selection. And, and so we were I was making my own schedule, and Sarah was making her own schedule, and we we had some overlapping races. But um, in the end, I guess a few gals, um, mm-hmm. or maybe one or two gals, wasn't able to do the Grand Prix, and so they called me a few weeks before the Otter, and they were like, "There's a spot if you want it." And Sarah and I were like, "Yeah, we should do that." Or Sarah was like, "Sarah well, was already in," but Sarah was like, "Yeah, you should do that. It's going to be really big." For your first year of doing long <laughs> races like really big but you should do it um yeah before last season before March of whatever 2022 I had not ridden over 100 miles ever
0: Alan, not even in oh my
2: god yeah yeah so it was a really big jump really big dive in I think Unbound was my third or fourth gravel race ever. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, I mean,
1: the, the funny thing is, um, like, you know, having been around the sport for as long as I've been around, um, it's been, it was, it was, it was great to watch women that were names I didn't know, which obviously one of them was you, um, didn't know who Ellen Campbell was, but obviously you walking around in a kit similar to Sturmey's. I'm like, okay she's got to be legit on some level here. Um, and then to hear like, you really had like unbound 200 was your third gravel race. Oh my God. That's, that's just crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was wild. Um, yeah, I kind of dove into the deep end and, and honestly, Sarah really took a chance on me. I think Mm -hmm. she kind of watched me grow up and watched me you know, as our friendship developed, but also like, as I developed as a cyclist and she developed as a mentor, like, um, you know, she's told me multiple times, like, you know, like, she's like, yeah, I see that you have something and and that you're driven and, and so let's do it. And so, yeah, we, we kind of jumped right in and, and I, I literally dove right into the deep end. (laughs) Well, and it
1: sounds like you're somewhat paying it forward if you're also coaching.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Usually in the fall, I try to um, make sure I have some time to coach. Um, It's very rewarding. Um, I mean, kind of in a cliche way, it's very rewarding, but it's also, it's rewarding in the sense that I get to um, remember like the very basic skills of Mm -hmm. riding a bike, remember the very basic skills of interacting with you know, watching teenagers interact with each other and remembering, like, oh, that's where I started, like, when they do silly things, like, don't bring a water bottle for a two-hour bike ride, I'm like, why are you doing that, and then I remember myself as that, you know, that high school kid that was kind of getting into biking and, and didn't really know better, was also a teenager going through high school and life, um, so it's, it's great to be back riding with Um, the teenagers and the high school kids it's fun to watch them like go from the beginning of the season to the end of the season and and you know they come up to me and they're like coach Ellen I I really want to get second at Nash or at state champs and I'm like that's awesome like they started and and they were getting 10th place consistently and and they just had a goal and um, so it's really fun to like get to know each kid and I guess I should say young adults. They're not kids. They're young adults. (laughs) Um, Get to know them and, and watch them progress and, and also progress in like different types of riding. Like some of them are very much into like XC, like, you know, going up Hills and, and then some are really into jumps. Like they just want to hit dirt jumps all the time, or maybe they want to try some gravel. Um, So yeah, it's really cool to like just be part of that like learning experience with them.
1: Have any of yeah. them collected your uh Ellen Campbell trading cards?
2: A few, yeah. So Actually, nice. yeah. Yeah, and last year I helped out with the Fort Lewis Mountain Bike, the girls mountain bike team, um and some of them really wanted Sarah and I's cards also. It's kind of fun to <laughs> make a little collage of them. I think we have some more from this year that I'll try to get out to.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. That's fun. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and like when somebody was a pro, you know, like a pro swimmer cyclist, it was so cool if you thought, if you knew them. So I'm sure the girl, your girls, even they have, you coach them feel the same way. Like it's so cool.
2: Yeah. They love it. And they, they start coming to races too that I'm at and that's cool to like see them, um, you know, at races and then see, like, how they do, like, outside of, like, the normal Nike race or something. Um, some of the girls I coached from last fall were at the Whiskey 50, at the oh, Whiskey wow. 50, and I didn't even know they were there until I was going up in the crit, going up the really steep hill. I don't know if you're familiar with that course, but there's, like, a wall of a hill um, part way through the crit, <laughs> and I was like, oh, hello all the Devo girls are here and it was very fun to see them Mm -hmm. out there cheering that's awesome
0: yeah sorry I missed the whole um mentorship conversation (laughs) on top of my flight saga today my wi-fi just went out for a second (laughs) (laughs) but you're back I'm back I'm back I'm curious, uh, I asked Anna uh, Yamauchi the same thing. And I'm curious from you too, Ellen, like being really young in the sport and newer, um, what do you see as opportunities for women right now in the sport? Uh,
2: That's that's a great question also. Um, Yeah, well, I guess the main thing I've noticed in my time racing, whether it was like at a professional level or not, is just, there's not that many women racing. Um, and there's a lot of small things that, you know, have not helped that situation have not helped get more women into cycling. Um, so, I mean, it's really easy to focus on the things that are not happening, but I think there's a lot of unique ways, um, when you can use Use their power to grow cycling and get more women uh, into cycling. because if you show up at a race, like there's probably a fourth, if not less of the the um, you know of the men's field as women. So it's pretty small. Um, and as it's not, it's not every race, of course, and it's not every event either. It's not to say it's just racing, it's just cycling in general. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of awesome tools um, that women can utilize that, um, not that men can't utilize those same tools. And, um, like these podcasts, that's a great example. Um, but even, uh, having clinics, having workshops, um, group rides, I think that women need to feel empowered, um, in this sport and not to say that there aren't women that aren't empowered, but, I think we have that unique um, trait as female athletes that, you know, we can encourage each other. We can make each other feel welcome and um, secure and excited. And I think all of those things, you know, if you show up to a ride and it's a lot of ladies and that's more motivating and exciting um, to go keep riding, to keep showing up and you can make new friends um, that way. So I think utilizing awesome tools like podcasts, like group rides, um, even sharing, having like a voice. So using platforms like podcasts and social media and, um, you know, like that's what Betsy Welsh does at VeloNews. Those are all great um, think, tools for for female cyclists to kind of get their voice out and and share like their experiences because, you um, yeah, there's not enough women in this sport and, and therefore not, you know, everything's kind of blanket statement or blanket um, cookie cutter from the men a place on the women. And that's not always the best. Um, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. But giving women that voice um, to, you know, say, hey, like we do this group ride every Tuesday and we actually want to do a shorter route. And I think that's better for our for us or um you know doing you know saying like hey we actually like for unbound this year hey we actually need our own start um and that's awesome I think that is that's gonna be that's that's the future for women cycling um or at least I hope so there's more women and there's more voice <laughs> I guess. Yeah.
0: One of the most frustrating things about going to big gravel races in the last two years is I have been getting sick pretty much every time I travel. And I travel about once a month for work or to a big gravel event or something related. And it's so frustrating when I get there and I can already feel the sore throat and the cold coming on. And it really takes me out for several weeks. And that's why I'm excited about our new podcast sponsor Prevenex. We've worked with Previnex within our feisty brands for a long time if you listen to Hit Play not pause, you've heard about joint support. Um, you've also heard about their great protein powder. But I am really obsessed with this product called Immune Health Plus. It, it has helped me go from getting sick every time I travel to I have not been sick one time this year. And and I've also been on the road a good bit already this year. So it has everything that you need for immune health support, and it's way better than anything you're going to find in a grocery store or health food store. It's supercharged with immune-boosting ingredients like elderberry fruit, extract, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and calcium. Now, if you want to stay healthy through your race season this year, you're going to use the code Gravel for 15% off your first purchase of Immune Health Plus or any of their other products. That's Gravel for 15% off of your purchase, and you go to Prevenex.com. You can find that in the show notes. Uh-huh. I'm curious to see, because when you mentioned the team teams, I was like, oh yeah, like how that plays out too, you know, 10, 10 years down the road, because I was, before I came to gravel cycling, I was a big part of USA triathlon and they had like, they really focused on youth development for a long time and primary and like really on the women, because Gwen won that first gold and the women's field is so strong in USA triathlon right now when they just had the big world challenge event, the u.s women weren't four of the top 10 but you know like that's been a 10 years in the making um to really raise that level so i'm i'm curious if those devo teams kind of do something similar
2: yeah yeah i agree i think like development in um in the women's like kind of specific in the women's like Durango has a great, great cycling community, but it's not, there's no women's rides here. There's no women's um, skills clinic. There's no women's specific development, whether it's junior level or not. Um, and I actually lived in Missoula, Montana for um, two years. And they do, they have a program called MT Alpha, and that is just for female cyclists, and they do all of those things. They do clinics, they do like uh, workouts together, they'll like make intervals together. Um, But I think it's such an important piece because women develop differently. There's, you know, there's other aspects that need to be addressed as female athletes, not just cyclists. Um, So like talking mental health to um, these youth programs, these female youth programs or um, nutrition and body image. And there's just a lot of a lot of pieces and not to say those pieces aren't there for men, but uh, in the past it hasn't necessarily been focused on. And I think that's where, if we can focus on those smaller pieces at a young age and just like in general on, we can kind of grow cycling in for women, uh, yeah.
1: I like the perspective of, I mean, obviously you keep talking about, it's like, it's not that it's necessarily not good for men or whatnot, but truthfully, I think that's one of the biggest things we can do is just realize that we own the space ourselves and it's totally okay for us to ask for things to be a little bit differently because it's, it's for us. It's not for somebody else. It's for women specifically. So I, I mean, I think those are some of the bigger things that we are seeing, adjustments continuing to be made in this, in the sport of cycling. And I think, I feel like gravel leads the way in this a lot of the way, a a lot of the times. And, and I think mountain biking, same sort of thing, but a lot of it's because you have so many strong female leaders in the space too, the, the athletes that are there doing the work. And that's, I mean, it's great to have role models like you out there because you're encouraging You know, the six, seven, eight year old girls. And that's gonna be where we really start seeing the continued growth. You know, I'll be in a wheelchair by then. So (laughs) you know, or using a walker or something. But yeah. But yeah, I just I think it's I think it's exciting to see all of this growth really truly happening.
2: Yeah, I I I love it. I'm right there with you. Sometimes it's slow, but sometimes it's (sighs) It's it's slow. It's slow. Like you know, like you have to wait until they're, you know, the eight-year-olds are turned fifteen and see that, like, what they've learned and and how they how they choose to also make changes, you know, for themselves and and you know, like, like you said, like when they're in the center and when they're in the professional world, like, how do they choose to be role models and how do Mm they? get to make those um decisions to make changes and and what kind you know like 10 years from now what will the women's field look like at unbound So excited. Well, I
0: yeah no, there like, you go. i mean i've even seen a change in the last i mean since we came back from the pandemic and even in the last year with the women's tour de france films, like i just think the level of women's cycling is rising so fast and then we also have a lot of more more examples to look to right and so the more we continue that and the more little girls can see women in those positions like i was when allison jackson won uh the uh perry ruby i'm like what is that uh, you know like i was showing my niece like her because she likes to watch instagram reels i was like watch her instagram reels and she was so excited to see her you know she's like why does she have a rock and all these funny things you know asking all these questions and she's Seven. So she just sees like the girls can do that.
2: Mm-hmm. And they can like yeah do it their way too. Like the cool thing about Allison is she has very unique personality and she's like fun to watch on social media and and exciting and motivating and like in other ways you know like in cycling but also in just like her personality. Personality is really fun. um Her dance moves. <laughs> Her dance moves,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, real. She did with Ian Boswell. She told him if she came on his podcast, he had to do a reel with her. And he's like so awkward. I I
1: haven't seen that one. I'll have to go
0: look for it because that's that's like that's amazing, hilarious. And he he's like, (laughs) I don't really know how to dance, and he really doesn't. It's so he's so awkward. It's so funny. I haven't
2: seen it either.
0: for doing it right
2: (laughs) it's like
1: is that the rule like if you if you know how to ride your bike really fast you're inherently a poor dancer
0: (laughs) he's just like all limbs he's like yeah he is all limbs. (laughs) it's just like what do you do with these things (laughs) it looks
1: like a grasshopper now that i'm thinking about it like
0: (laughs) (laughs) now i'm gonna not be able to unsee that next time i see it oh no
1: sorry ian
0: (laughs) I don't think he listens to our podcast. Yeah,
1: probably not. <laughs> never know. <laughs> you never know. Somebody's gonna send it to him.
0: <laughs> Did you know that they said you look like a grasshopper? Oh
1: god, I'm gonna see him in just a few weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Ellen, you were in the Grand Prix series. Uh the you were in it last year or no? Yes, you were in it last year. Um, what are you thinking of coming into year two?
2: I feel like I learned so much from last year like I was just texting Anna uh, Yamauchi like it's funny you brought her up like um, like an hour ago or something and we were talking about our nutrition strategies for Unbound and I told her I said well last year I ate Fig newtons for my nutrition <laughs> strategy which like to just you know for out for a bike ride not a terrible not a terrible food we like Fig newtons, but For a 200-mile gravel race, um, fig newtons have are not ideal. They're really dry, and they have a lot of fiber, and not easily not easy to digest. So I don't recommend fig newtons. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, I learned a lot. I learned to not eat fig newtons. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god, I love this. (laughs)
0: Sorry. (laughs)
2: Uh, yeah so um don't eat fig noons um but yeah like learned a lot about yeah nutrition about how to ride over 100 miles um how to train um even like I think there was by the end of the season i had figured out a good bit of stuff but sometimes I'd forget like I remember at big sugar last year I didn't line up near the front and after the and and I got dropped pretty quick. And I, Sarah came up to me after the race and she's like, where were you, buddy? And I was like, I didn't line up in the right spot. And like, that was just something I, you know, had kind of learned, but like didn't implement. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a bunch of like little things like that, um, that I did learn from last year that I will be carrying into this year. Um, I will not be bringing Fig Newtons with me um, for any race at all, but uh, I think I'm I'm most excited for to like to try to use those things I learned and put them into play. And now that I kind of know what to expect, I know how it'll feel to do 200 miles. I'll know how it feels to do a whole season of um, the Lifetime Grand Prix and be able to uh, kind of you know play with that a little bit more and and, and kind of work on my strengths and work on my weaknesses. Um, yeah, it just, I think the power of knowledge, like knowing, knowing what's to come <laughs> it will be awesome. Yeah.
0: I do think you have a leg up. Yeah. When I was talking to somebody at Seattle and I was like, oh, it really, if you know how to pace yourself through a long season too, I think that's going to be helpful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think there's definitely a lot of uh, it's really easy to just get really excited or like hyper-focused on one race and like peak for that one race, which could be, could be a great goal. I'm not saying that's not a good goal, but, um, depends, it depends on your goals. Like if you want to do well over the course of the whole season, that's like a, a different strategy than trying to win, uh, like one race or two races, um, throughout the season. So. You did yeah. have a, you honestly, for, for your first
1: go at that, like, I thought you had a very impressive season, honestly, mm-hmm. like, um, I'm sure that the, you know, you felt like there were things that you could have done better or whatnot, but coming into it young and without the experience,
0: I thought you had a, a good showing.
2: <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. yeah I, was, I was really happy to just finish. It's like not and as not as in the way I, like I want to be done, but just like, yeah, I like showed up to every race and mm-hmm. I finished every race and that to me was a big win. That was like my only goal. So I'm really yeah, I am proud of myself for that. Good. You should be. <laughs> Thank you. Is there yeah. one you're most forward to this year? Um, yeah, probably I'm looking most forward to Leadville, I would say um and (laughs) yeah um no I I really I liked Crusher a lot I think um that one is gonna be that one's like a tough nut to crack kind of like Leadville but um yeah tough nut to crack just because of the elevation and the how like how much climbing it is it's kind of um I feel like you could have a bad day and it could be really bad or you could have a good day and it is still like not that great. You know, like a good day is like just feeling good and finishing, but a really good day um is winning or doing well. And I think those that type of course like Crusher, Leadville, it really shows um when you're having a bad day or you're having like um, you know, a really good day just because of yeah. how extreme those courses are. Um but yeah, Crusher, Crusher will be a lot of fun, I think. Um,
1: there's no that place one. to hide at Crusher. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's not that long, but it is long. <laughs>
2: so it's like you know, it's, my it's just, exactly yeah.
1: It's it's 69 miles and you can't screw it up. <laughs>
2: so yeah, totally. I thought it was gonna be a lot shorter in my mind. And I think last year I was like, oh, I'm still climbing up this hill. <laughs> I still haven't drank all my water yet. Something, uh, <laughs> where are those Sig Newtons? Where are my big Newtons? <laughs> yeah, I, Fig
1: Newton? <laughs> I left him in the prairie in Kansas. <laughs> so.
0: uh, probably did drop this one out there. Oh, I, I used to ride with a guy and he did. What did he do? Like he didn't know anything about nutrition and we were doing like Ironman training. And so one time he stood up just the bag of dates. That was also a bad choice it's Similar to the Big Newton,
2: yeah, yeah, really, really hard on the body to digest, uh,
0: especially to run afterwards.
2: Oh, oh no, that's too much fiber. <laughs> oh God, imagine how that goes. <laughs> oh, just don't run with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh God,
0: that's great. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> yeah uh,
1: well what yeah. are you are you in a taper mode for unbound or are you kind of like or are, um, are you still kind of staying steady like looking at the whole season yeah
2: yeah I'm staying steady I think yeah usually my I guess my goals are kind of at the end of the season or not end I guess I shouldn't say end not even close to the end. uh yeah I guess July and August um and I you know coming from a place like Colorado that has winter you know it's definitely a little bit easier to focus on the later season races just because you have that have the winter um so yeah I'm deaf for unbound I'm I'm definitely still training quite a bit um I'm sure I put a lot of trust in my coach um but yeah I'm sure that after next week how many weeks' We're like three weeks out um mm-hmm. yeah, I'll definitely have some chill rides and um, focus on the travel and and getting to Emporia and getting all settled in. And, um, but yeah, can or unbound will be a good race, um, just to kind of, in my mind, it's a good race to like check the boxes. It's for me, it's, um, the goal is to finish and I would love to, you know, best my time from last year and obviously doing well would be, you know, a really nice cherry on top, but I think having like a nice solid clean race, um, in my mind is a win. Uh and 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 then focus, you know, further down the, the line for Crusher and Leadville. And even the new Trinidad race will be really uh similar to Crusher, I think. Like I love the rad similar course. to Crusher. Yeah. Um, have you you ridden it? Yeah, yeah. It's
1: great. I, I love I really do. I really like that event. I'm excited that we threw that on the on the calendar because it's just it's just a cool, it's a cool spot and it's, it's really beautiful. Um, not that that's surprising when you live in, you know, Colorado, but it's just, it's unique. So I think, I think you're going to really like the rad course.
2: Awesome. Yeah. I look forward to it. I love that there's a couple of races close, um, to Durango. I don't have to travel too far. far. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really nice. So yeah. We'll see what uh, see what the next few weeks brings.
0: <laughs> well, we're looking forward to seeing you unbound. And um, where can people follow you? This, well in general, and this year throughout your season.
2: Oh yeah, um, I I post some on Instagram. Um, I guess yeah, I guess Instagram would be the spot. I have a TikTok. Not very good at TikTok. <laughs> Maybe there's some good dog videos on TikTok. <laughs> um, funny dog videos. Um, but yeah, well, uh, Sarah also writes a nice blog post. Um, sometimes of our adventures. Um, so you, yeah, you could check out Sarah's website, and see what she has going on there. Um, but yeah, well, uh, well,
0: oh, and what's your Instagram handle? Uh, I think
2: it's ellen.m.campbell.
0: I yeah. think it is. Uh,
2: we'll we'll check it for you I'm pretty sure it is uh, well yeah <laughs> yeah sure I have an email that's like very similar so I in my head I get confused sometimes <laughs> yeah I hear you
0: awesome well Ellen thanks so much for being patient with us as we got <laughs> rooms zo- never mind I'm not even gonna try <laughs>
1: it's been a it's been a day for Catherine, but anyway thank
2: you ellen for joining us yeah of course thank you so much for having me and hopefully you can get some rest after your travel and uh we'll see ya unbound
0: you have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast this podcast is edited and produced by the team at live feisty media if you've enjoyed the show Please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.